addiction, prevention, recovery. Welcome to the Recovery Rebirth Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Recovery Rebirth Podcast. I'm Dominic. And I'm Jillian. Welcome, listeners. Thanks for joining us on our anniversary show. Yeah. Yes, it has been a full year of the Recovery Rebirth podcast. This is this is airing um, pretty close to our anniversary. I mm-hmm. think our first um, first show aired somewhere right before Christmas, and this show is going to air uh, right before Christmas again. So. Uh, welcome, listeners. Thank you for those who have listened to every single episode. Just a quick note on our stats. We are international. You know, uh, people from all over the globe are listening in, and we're grateful for that. Um, the United States, of course, is our, our biggest audience. but um, And we also uh, noticed that um, most listeners are listening to entire episodes and we appreciate you sticking with us we try to keep these at an appropriate length so that everybody can enjoy uh without having to cut a you know cut off short so uh thanks for listening for entire episodes and downloads yes thank you listeners so uh don't forget to share you have social mm-hmm. media, don't you, Jillian? Uh, yeah, I use it every once in a while. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Instagram, the Facebook, uh, that's kind of the, um, yeah, that's kind of the extent of mine, but I know there are. I just posted our first promo on TikTok. What? We're on TikTok? Well, I posted a promo for our show on TikTok. Do I have to get TikTok now? I'll never get anything done. Oh, gosh. TikTok is like, uh, yeah. You Time want, suck. Yeah. Do you want an hour of your life that you'll never get back to <laughs> just going through videos? Dude, I won't of, do it. I'm going to, I don't specifically because I know myself and I will go down a wormhole for three hours and get nothing done. And so, uh, but I'm glad that we're on TikTok because I know there are a lot of people on there. Yeah. So um, please share our podcast with friends. You know, podcasts are better with friends. For sure. Um, so it is the holiday season when we're recording and releasing this episode. And the holiday season can be a very joyous time. Mm-hmm. It can be a fun time where friends and family get together and a lot of frivolity and, and um, you know, reunions and so forth. It can also be a very sad time. It can be a very mm-hmm. depressing time. Uh, and for just about everybody, because you know, the nature of the end of the year, it can be stressful. (laughs) Oh, my goodness, yes. So, um, I don't know, Jillian, you you have holiday stress, right? Everybody has holiday stress, don't they? I I mean, a little, but a lot less now uh, than I used to. Um, And we can get into that later. But for me, I've, I've worked very hard to simplify. So I don't do anything out of obligation at the holidays. I... Only do things if they bring me joy. So, for example, I haven't sent Christmas cards, holiday cards in years. Some years I bake, some years I don't. But there definitely was a time in my life where the holidays could bring a lot of stress uh, because I felt obligated to do things and overscheduled and, you know, stressed out about money I didn't have to buy gifts. Um, But specifically, the stress for me uh, was related to the family dynamics, uh, which we will get into in this episode. Yeah, there's a, well, there's personal stress, but then there's also like business stress too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm a small business owner, and um, the end of the year 
just adds extra layers of stress. You're worried about your taxes. You're worried about bills due. A lot of renewals come in for subscriptions, mm-hmm. and you get hit with these bills. And, um, and, and, and then some businesses where people work for other people, if you're in any kind of marketing or sales business or, re- God forbid, retail at, the, right. at this time of year, right. the push is on, you know, like, do more. We got to make our numbers for the end of the year. Come on, you know, push harder, push harder. Right. And then you add the extra layer of complexity with personal stuff. Like mm-hmm. you, you mentioned family, the gift buying uh, a lot of times we're we're in a mode of poor diet and a lack of exercise. Yes. And then also, uh, our podcast airs out of Michigan, so we're in the Midwest. Uh huh. If anyone out there in the rest <laughs> of the country has experienced a Midwest winter, uh-huh. you know that gray haze of clouds, you know that just sits over top of us quite often. And uh, the days are shorter. It's dark at five o'clock. Um, it, it's just a, a you know it adds to seasonal no. depression. Mm-hmm. Seasonal and, dysfunction. And a lot of people, you know, by the time seven o'clock rolls around, you're feeling like it's midnight. Yes, you know? <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> you know, this is the first year I think that it's really gotten to me. So, as a redhead, which you can't tell as a listener unless you, I guess, see one of our info, like our graphics. Our up. picture is our up. Our picture is up. So, as a redhead, fun fact, we we generate a little more. Uh, Vitamin D as like it's an adaptation, but so that's kind of the the cause of that seasonal affective dysfunction. I think is what it's called. A lot of people, a lot, a lot, a huge majority of the population is affected by the lack of sunlight. Uh, but this is the first year that I've really been like leaving work and it's dark already, and it really and yeah, I'm like wow, it must be so late. Oh, it's 7 p.m. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, 7 p.m. feels like midnight. It does. Um. There's something about daylight, you know, and then and the vitamin D and uh-huh. so forth. But um, for people who are in addiction, I mean, I w- at this time, our recording date is early in December. Mm-hmm. At this time, 18 years ago, I was dying. Mm-hmm. I was miserable. I was drinking myself to death, and um, had I wasn't leaving the house. I, the holidays for the longest time were horrible for me as yeah. a person. As a person in long-term recovery, it's changed. I I enjoy the holidays now, mm. but I also was quite miserable. You know, yeah. I had um, dealt with loss in my family, as you've heard in previous episodes. You know, my mom dying, my father dying. Mm-hmm. So the holidays wasn't this joyous family gathering for me. You know, a lot of times now. Yeah. Luckily, I'm close to my stepmom and dad now, and uh, we'll be going for a visit uh, for Christmas to enjoy their company. But um, you know, a lot of times I was just miserable around the holidays and mm-hmm. any kind of holiday cheer just made me feel more and more depressed and, and anxious about my own life and how horrible it was. Yeah. Um, that's, of course, come around full circle. I'm pretty uh, joyous uh, during the holiday season. It's a time to reunite with friends and family and, and so forth. Well, and you've cultivated quite a family in recovery, though. I mean, I know True. this about you. You are very active in service work and you really have worked to form those connections and nurture those relationships. So you have created your own family. So kudos to you because I I know that. I mean, I, I know your history. I know about all that loss. And I can understand why the holidays were very hard for you for many years. And I'm glad that now there's a lot more joy in your holidays. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. We were talking right before uh, we hit the record button and um, 
Jillian, I think you were sharing some family stories of, of living with an alcoholic uh, yeah. that, you know, around the holiday season. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to get into that in a second. I'm just sure. giving you a heads up. But I want to kind of define this stress because it, 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 it's not about worry and it's not about anxiety. We did a whole episode on anxiety. Um, this is a, about the extra pressure in the world uh, mm-hmm. that, that comes upon us. Uh, with the holiday season and some symptoms if you you know mm-hmm. want some warning signs uh, if you feel bursts of anger or severe depression that is not typical depression you know just uh, you you feel like crying you you feel mm-hmm. like uh, you know uh, short-tempered or uh, perhaps eating too much or not eating enough um, because you're under pressure you know you'll skip a meal or um, you know, you have a loss of appetite or you're just eating the stress away. Some people do that. Mm-hmm. Um, or loss of interest in daily activities. Um, you know, if you're feeling guilty or helpless or, or worse yet, hopeless, mm-hmm. um, maybe you're avoiding family and friends. You're yeah. isolating. Yeah. Um, those are s- symptoms of, of, of the stress that can come on from holiday season. So, and of course, as an active alcoholic, uh, at that you know back in the day, I I didn't notice that because I was drunk. Right, know? right. I was feeling all that, but I wasn't really feeling all that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, tell me a little bit about your experience from the from the other side of the table. Yeah, well, far far less fun I can tell you that because <laughs> as the codependent, and I remember years ago um, going to a therapist who specialized in addiction recovery uh, with my former ex who, uh, yeah, with my ex who was, um, an active alcoholic, who was kind of reluctantly going to the sessions. But I remember him saying, you know, for when I'm active in my disease in codependency, like I'm, I'm miserable. And when he's active in his, he's like, you know, oblivious. Like he's, he's, he's fine. Like he's not, he's numbing out. He's not feeling any pain. Meanwhile, I'm seething with resentment and anger and, you know, come on. True story. (laughs) True story. So very different experiences from that side of the table. Um, you know, and I'm going to back it up just a second because there is more like pre pre relationship with an alcoholic, my family gatherings when I was younger with my, um, my mom and my brother, uh, so they both had my mom for for me mostly it was her her complete lack of filter related to her her mental illness and she would like talk openly about her sex life and just it was you know uh, anyhow so that at, was at, at Christmas at Christmas at okay. the dinner table so that was just always super fun and awkward um, <laughs> luckily it was usually like there weren't like, I, I guess you know when I was dating I was like oh my gosh I want to bring this guy to Christmas because he's going to hear my mom talk about her sex life and she's going to be high like because my mom loved to smoke pot she swears she wasn't addictive but mm, I don't know about that so there was that and then my brother's food addiction which I've talked in, in prior podcasts like my brother's food addiction and to watch the gluttony and him active in his disease and his addiction was really difficult for me for many, many years, too. So, like, it was just and, – and I kind of swung the other way where I was, like, borderline anorexic when I was younger. But that was, like, pre, pre-alcoholic. I would still watch my brother, like, how many plates of food he would consume just like I later did with an alcoholic and their drinks. So I've had a long history of awkward, uncomfortable holidays due to – you know, addictions and my codependency, um, but specifically with the alcoholic um, at his family gatherings, it would just be, 
I would, you know, just brace myself um, and I would be on pins and needles because I knew there was going to be drinking because, as you know, addict alcoholism is a family disease and there's usually not just like the lone alcoholic in the family tree. There's there's a lot. Right. And, you know, he had a father who also struggled with that and uncle like probably other people in the family member. So I would observe like, you know, the drinking and then the fighting among his family. So whether it was him and his mom and him and his dad, him and his sister, his sister and his dad, his sister, you know, it was just, um, and of course, like a good little codependent, there were probably, I don't know if I tried to be mediator. I mean, you know, try to referee, but there got to a point once I got into recovery, um, I remember I would just take like my son who was pretty young at the time when we first, I mean, quite young. He was like five when we started dating. And then my uh, my ex's niece, I would just take the kids and go in the other room and like play games or something because I realized when they got into recovery, like I'm powerless over their drinking. Like there's nothing I can do about it. I'm powerless over their fighting. So I just kind of excused myself and tried to find a little area of solace with the kids because, the, you know, short of just skipping the get together because I didn't want to deal with the drinking drama. Um, I would just kind of excuse myself with the kids or maybe like take them for a walk or something. Um, because yeah, that, that powerlessness, uh, was, is very real. And, um, I'm, I'm grateful to not be dealing with that anymore. Currently my holidays are a lot more peaceful with a family where we don't have any active addictions. Uh, we just, we just had Thanksgiving. It was a very, very peaceful gathering, but there was a time that the holidays brought me a ton of stress a ton of stress. Well, that out of control and um, not being, you know, able to control a situation or the outcome of a situation, yeah. um, that definitely adds, that's that's a, a, a cause of stress. Yes, yes. And um, did you drink at all during that time, though? Sometimes, like in early in our relationship before I realized that the alcohol was really a problem for him, um, and then I probably like enabled a little bit, but then I got to a point where I would abstain. Right. But then I would sit there, you know, silently judging them. <laughs> so that's not good either. But yeah, I would, I would oftentimes like, there got to a point where I just, I wouldn't drink anymore. Like I, there's nothing I could do about his drinking or their drinking, but I, I wouldn't drink. Um, uh, cause it didn't, I don't have the same, like I don't numb out with alcohol. Like that doesn't, it didn't, it was not a solution in my mind. Um, so I would just often just sit and watch them. And then, you know, when, when it was just he and I, I would, you know, try to hide, hide the alcohol or whatever, all those, all those wonderful codependent solutions that don't really work. Um, but you know, once I was aware that I was probably part of the problem and enabling his drinking, I chose not to drink. But again, I mean, they always did. I joke that like any day that ends with a Y was a good day to drink in his family. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, it didn't I, matter the occasion, any day that ended and why. Well, I drank, you know, especially during the holidays, I would drink every, every day uh, a little mm-hmm. something. You know, there's always a party going on or a gathering or a work thing. Yeah. Um, luckily, today, I don't have to worry about that sort of thing or who I need to apologize to or, right. you know, <laughs> right. a, a trip to the HR department to uh, talk <laughs> over what you did at the Christmas party, oh, uh, you know, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, a lot of people go through that. And, and, and then, of course, um, people who are not alcoholics, but overdo it yeah. at the holidays. Yes. You know, they, they can add a layer of stress. We used to call those amateurs. The amateurs are out, you know, on Christmas and New Year's, you know. Um, 
but uh, uh, people tend to overdo it with alcohol, and I find it interesting you didn't. You you actually went the opposite route. You know, you went yeah. for escape mm-hmm. rather, yes. rather than um, going, you know, and, and drinking with them so that you can calm yourself down. Yeah, because it, it didn't calm me down. <laughs> it just made me more stressed and more likely to probably blurt out something that I didn't mean and then have to make, you know, I thought I meant at the time. So, it, yeah, that's just adding fuel to the fire. So for me, it was, I guess, avoidance or escape, but it felt like a, a better alternative than me sitting and stewing in my resentment and judgment. No, that, uh, the, you know, be, the holidays are a powder keg. Yes. So <laughs> yes. so for you to sit there and build up the resentment and the anger and have that come out, you know, with, uh, you know, alcoholics in the room mm-hmm. and you've got the family stress, that wouldn't be healthy for anybody. Nope. Um, one of the things they tell you, because we always try to provide solutions, so the, uh-huh. the experts will tell you that uh, taking a break yes. is a good thing. When you're feeling stressed, mm-hmm. taking a break, change your atmosphere, you know, go for a walk, go to a different room. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in an office, get out of the office for a minute. So, you know, just need some fresh air. Uh, if you're with family, uh, usually you're in a house or an apartment. Take a step outside for a moment and, mm-hmm. and just get away for a moment. Um Exercise is actually very good for for stress. If yes. you're feeling that you know wound up tension, mm-hmm. uh, maybe if you're a morning workout person, you throw in a little afternoon workout or switch up and go to the afternoon workout because mm-hmm. that's stress builds up during mm-hmm. the course of a day. Right. Yeah. Um, getting enough sleep. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. <laughs> how how do you deal with that? Because sometimes we're so pressured we don't get enough sleep. What do you do with that? Well, and I'm in in such a different place now because, I mean, partly because of recovery, partly because of simplifying my life. Um, You know, I've, and I'll get to this in a minute because there's a, there's a, uh, when you're a single person at the holidays, there's a, it's not stress so much, but there's a different, uh, it's a different feeling. Um, But, you know, when I was partnered up with somebody who was active in their addiction, when I was active in my codependency, like I did. I didn't sleep well or say, for example, we were like separated, but we were still, you know, he'd come to visit and he'd show up drunk and then I'd send him away. And then, you know, he would literally say, I remember him saying to me, like, well, if I get in an accident, it's basically it's your fault. Like, what if I get into an accident? Like, well, you drove over here. So and then feeling nervous about like, oh, should I have done that? Because what if he does hurt himself or somebody else? Um, And I would it would tie my stomach in knots, you know, worried about. If he was out drinking and driving or the other thing is that, you know, worrying about if he was contacting other women because that was a, a part of our relationship, too. Um, so there used to be a time that I didn't get much sleep. But now, I mean, part of it's being single. <laughs> a lot of it's being in recovery for multiple years and simplifying my life. Like I, I sleep pretty well these days other than like at my age. Uh, sometimes hormones will interrupt my sleep, but I don't have the life stress that's interfering with my sleep like I used to. So let me let me interrupt and ask you a question, if mm-hmm, I may. Because mm-hmm. you're you you're a single mom, you you know you are and and were yes. a, and still are a, a single mother. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know we have some single mom listeners. Yes. Uh, so what what tips would you give a single mother dealing? Because you, know, you got to deal with kids during the holidays and all of the stress and everything and, and having. Um, your own sanity in question at times because right. you're dealing with everybody else. Uh, what, what what would you say to single mothers? 
Uh, well, and you know, and to be fair though, my, my youngest is 20. So I'm definitely in the, I, you know, I'm a parent of two adult children at this point, but when my son was younger, um, you know, and a lot of it is just like simplifying things. Like I had mentioned in the beginning, like I let go of anything that felt like an obligation, anything that caused me more stress, like any of those, I have tos, like I have to, I have to do cards. I have to get, you know, gifts for all of these people for, you know, these kind of like outside of family. I have to, cause I would try to, I was just over, overloading myself with things I didn't really have to do, sending cards, making cookies, all the things. So I just would try to really simplify things. Um, when, you know, when my son was younger and my daughter, they're nine years apart. So I wasn't doing a great job of simplifying when she was younger. I was definitely, you know, more sleep deprived and trying to, trying to be superwoman and do all of the things I felt like I had to do. Now I do things that I want to do. Um, and that's been a big shift for me. And also, so my heart goes out to you, you know, single moms, single parents that are, that have the young children that, you know, I didn't have a great co-parenting relationship with my exes. And, and that makes it for a lot more stressful during the holidays and dividing time, you know, like it's, it's my year that I don't have, you know, my son for Christmas and that could cause me to be really sad. I mean, that's a, it can get very lonely at the holidays for single people. I mean, I know, you know what that's like, Dom, sometimes to, you know, be, yeah, be on the other person. side of the spectrum on that, yeah. with, you know, I did, I, I was alone Yeah, and felt at times, especially early on, I felt very, very alone. Uh-huh. Um, loneliness and despair would set in. And, yes. You know, uh, I, I'm one of those seasonal depression type people. So when yeah. it starts getting dark early, I already slow down. My whole metabolism slows down. I have to, at this point in my life, I have to exercise to keep that metabolism up yeah. so that I can stay in good spirits. Uh, but back before that, uh, years ago, um, I would just feel so hopeless and helpless yeah. at the holidays. Yes. And and I, that's why I think I had that anger and resentment when, when anybody was in a good mood at the holidays. You know? Right, right. Um, because I didn't have the stress came from not having. Right. So your stress came from having all this stuff. And right. You, and, and I have to do this and I have to do that. Mine, my stress came from I don't have anything to do. What am I going to do? My right. life stinks. I don't have mm-hmm. anybody. No significant other. No yep. nothing. And uh, ironically, I, I pushed girlfriends that I was dating younger uh, away. Yeah. Because my despair would kick in and 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 I, I I would push them away and they wouldn't understand why I'm pushing them away. Uh-huh. So it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So oh, like, it was just <laughs> very poor behavior on my part oh. at that time. And, but you were in survival mode, so. That was it. It was survival mode. Be kind to your younger self. <laughs> Well, you can't hope for a better past. You can only sure can. I did it for years. <laughs> failed every single time. Um, I wanted to touch on something though that so you and I felt. Now, granted, being single without children is a different experience than being single with children because right. you have automatic companionship, even if it drives you nuts sometimes <laughs> as <laughs> right. a single parent. Um, but something for me that I've struggled with a lot, especially since becoming single again, like after this breakup from this long term. Now, granted, there was a lot of dysfunction, a lot of heartache, a lot of frustration, resentment, but there was also a lot of love in that relationship and some great companionship. So once I became single again, um, the social media 
the what one of my sponsors calls compare and despair. <laughs> so yeah, when you're when you're scrolling through your social media, so for me when I see all of these happy families at the holidays, right here there with their for their family photos, and I would just be like, I don't have that, and I would feel so lonely and so it, because with my kids, you know, I I and I have two exes, so I have you know they're. I have two kids from two different dads because I like to keep it interesting. Uh, you know, <laughs> why not? That's um, a separate episode. Good gracious, <laughs> yeah. So there would be the I never we, like family photos weren't really a thing for us. So I would I would compare my life like it might like my first sponsor said, don't compare what like your insides to other people's outsides. Is that how that goes? Hmm. Um, because. I know that a lot of people show the highlight reels. You could have this photo of this perfectly happy, harmonious family, and behind the scenes, people are fighting or drinking or, like, you don't know what's really going on. But right. A photo is, you know, a hundredth of a second uh, in in an entire chaotic situation, perhaps. Yes. But for me, and as that single person, I see these couples, I hated New Year's Eve for so many years. And side note, we've talked about this in this podcast was 2014 when I got a call from the other woman um, when my uh, alcoholic ex and I were in a reconciliation period, I thought. And, yeah, I got a call from this other woman on New Year's Eve 2014. And, you know, I felt like I was in a bad rom-com. And that was like that began like my codependent rock bottom. So for years after that event, I dreaded it. T- it was maybe four or five years. So thankfully, I was in recovery like two weeks when that event happened. Thank God. Um, but I just, I hated New Year's Eve. I'm like, I don't want to see all these happy freaking couples kissing and good for you. I'm going to go home. And I didn't even have a cat to go home to at the time. I'm like, great. <laughs> F you guys. Like, sorry. Right. I was just very bitter and like, you know, and I would just feel so lonely and whatever. But so yeah, social media, uh, sometimes social media consumption at the holidays cannot be, it's not great for our mental health, depending on where we are in our journey. And if we're that single person, who struggles with the holidays, sometimes I just need to kind of mute it for a while. I'm like, because I'm going to get the flood of all these happy families and happy couples. And then I'm just going to feel like something's wrong with me or my life. And that's not true. I, I think you brought up a great point with social media. Social media is a great way to keep connected to people. If you want to, you know, I have people from all over the country, if not the globe, that I keep in touch with via mm-hmm. social media and keep up with what's going on with them. However... Remember that that is only, as you said, a highlight reel. Uh-huh. It's it's like watching a movie. You have to remember when the movie's over and the credits are rolling, it was a movie. It was a story. It wasn't reality. Yeah. Yeah. Reality can be very different. Mm-hmm. Um, people can post a quick smile yeah. even though they're in deep depression. Yes. And yeah. everything's fine. And that's what... That's why we encourage, you know, the episode that aired just before this is, is was on suicide. Yeah. And people can get very suicidal around the holidays and yes. we encourage people to get help. If you're feeling holiday stress mm-hmm. and you feel like you need help, if your stress goes to despair, yeah. make sure, you, you you know, reach out before you hit the, the rock bottom because that rock bottom might be one you can't come back from. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, social media can really mess with people's heads. I, I, I have people who say, oh, I hate Facebook. I hate Facebook. 
scroll, man. Use your <laughs> finger or your yeah. mouse or whatever. Scroll. Don't sit there and linger on stuff that makes you angry. I think people sit there and they wallow. take a little taste <laughs> of some political post they don't like. Yeah. And they wallow in the anger. Yep. And I have already scrolled past that. I'm yep. like, okay, I just want to see what's going on in my friends' lives. I want to, you know, be able to keep up. Um Oh, there's a picture of Jillian baking cookies. I hope I get some. Uh-huh. Uh, you know that. You will. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> that was a plug for cookies. Yes, I will bring Jillian you cookies this year. Jillian bakes the best cookie. Aww. Uh, but uh, you know, keep keep scrolling. Don't sit there and linger and make your own feeling worse. Do know? not compare and despair, friends. Right, and that's a big one. Uh, the other thing that I would throw out is. Um, Real deadlines versus versus impo- mm. self-imposed deadlines, which yeah. create stress. Yeah, I mean January or excuse me, December thirty-first. We can't change that. That is the last day uh-huh. of the calendar year, and everything turns over to a new year on January first. You cannot change that. That's the way the calendar works. Yeah. But. We self-impose a deadline like I have to buy this gift by this date. I have to do this with this and this and that. And I have to and I have to. Not I get to. I have to. I have to. I have to. Those are self-imposed deadlines. You know, um, you know, Christmas is going to be on the 25th. Every every year without fail. Without fail. That's the day. Um, if you celebrate other holidays, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you got Hanukkah and and, and um, uh, Kwanzaa, Kwanzaa and all of the different holidays. They fall on the days that they fall on. That's mm-hmm. that's the way the calendar works. But we self-impose so many deadlines on ourselves. And I'm not saying turn into a procrastinator and put everything off to the last day because I remember Christmas Eve shopping. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, one time I, on December 24th, I am racing around <laughs> trying to find the perfect gift for like six people, you know, at oh. different times. Gift cards all around. Oh, well, it didn't, <laughs> gift cards weren't as plentiful back, yeah. uh, back then. But now, yeah, and buy gift cards. You could stay home and buy them online. Uh, it makes True things story. a little easier. But... Uh, yeah, the self-imposed deadlines, you know, I think you said it, uh, Jillian, in, in in your notes. Uh, excuse me if I'm reading your notes back to you. <laughs> <laughs> but you said to have sliding fluid mm. plans. Mm-hmm. You know, make your plans fluid so that you don't self-impose more stress. Right. Um, take a break, step away, go for the walk. Mm-hmm. Um, Cuddle your cat. Sorry, for those of you who are cat lovers like me. Pet the dog yeah, for dog exactly. lovers. Pet the dog. Yep, Take yep. the dog. The, taking the dog for, for a, a walk, walk if you're a dog owner is uh, a and maybe you could borrow a dog or something. You know, just yeah. say I've got to step out <laughs> and walk the dog. But you don't own a dog. I I'm babe, I'm dog sitting for the weekend. If you want to see happiness, watch a dog in the snow, especially like the first snow of the season. Oh, dogs love Christmas ah, rolling around. And so great. Cats are a little bit sketchy yeah. when it comes to the change in weather. I haven't They're tossed not... mine in a snowbank yet. We'll see how that goes. Oh, oh I Just definitely kidding, want I'm not going to. That may result in an entire episode <laughs> on pets, dealing with pets and recovery. Um, so, yeah, uh, and a lot of people have life changes going on. Yes. Um, you and, know. and painful anniversaries, right? We've, like, we talked about this earlier, too. And whether or not you lost somebody close to the holidays... That first year or second or 10th year, it doesn't matter. I mean, approaching those holidays that you spent with somebody that you loved very much and now they're no longer there can be like I just had a little glimmer, glimmer, a little bit of grief a couple mm-hmm. of days ago thinking about my brother 
this will be my second holiday without him, second Christmas, so holiday season. Um, and as much as his food addiction would stress me out so bad at the holidays, it really, really would. Like, I miss my brother. I I wish he was still here. I wish he was still here to tease me. He was a funny guy. Um, and, you know, he had all these, like, little nicknames. Um, he called me Stuart. Like Stuart Smalley because of mm. the because of me being in twelve step programs, but I miss his playful teasing and I miss his jokes. Um, you know, so for so many people, the, whether or not, and it's I feel doubly hard if you lose somebody right around a holiday, if an anniversary of like a death or a major breakup happens to coincide with a holiday, that makes it even harder. Yeah, I would imagine that would that, that definitely makes it more difficult. Uh, usually, a lot of couples, even if they're fighting, uh, stick it through the holidays just because yeah. they don't want to add more stress to their stress. Right. It's like let's just get through the holidays. Exactly. My my rule of thumb, and in, in not that I'm the <laughs> the professional dater, but uh, in dating, I always say you got to get through at least two sets of holidays Ooh. together because I see people rushing into, oh, we're getting married, you mm. know, and they go through two sets of full holidays together <laughs> from January to December. Yeah. And then make sure that you can deal with all the holidays with each other and each other's friends, relatives, yeah. whatever. At least two sets of holidays to see if it's going to work. Yeah, because then you might be throwing kids into the mix at some point, and that's going to magnify the stress. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. As wonderful as the kids are. Yeah, you you and then, and then you're adding to their stress and their trauma if you end up breaking up. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, coming from broken households, mm-hmm. you know, we understand what that, uh, a lot of us in recovery come from broken households. Yep. So um, the relationship piece, the other the, the other piece that I just want to touch on real quick before we start thinking about wrapping up sure, here sure. is finances. Oh, gosh. Yeah. The, yeah. the money part of the holidays between end of year bills and running up a bill uh-huh. for, you know, do you have to buy the gift that's going to impress everybody or whatever? You know, you got to have the best of the best. You know, you're sitting there overspending just to make an impression. Mm -hmm. Does that, does that make the best sense? Is that really good decision making? You know, especially when you've got your own bills and your own stress inflation this year has been at an all time high. I mean, just buying a bag of groceries is, is insane. Um, so I would say, it, 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 in my infinite wisdom and recovery, is you know be reasonable yes. with yourself, yeah, uh, so that you are able to maybe do more things for less money than trying to make the big bang with the, you know, best gift for so and so or yeah. whatever. There's no, the only person I have to impress is God. Yeah, there you that's go. it. The God of my understanding yes. is who I have to impress. That's it. And, and my... he doesn't care about Black Friday specials. Or <laughs> no. she. Or they. Oh, right. They they don't care about Black Friday specials in heaven. Uh, so, um, and and for anybody who's dealing with the family loss, it is real. Um, yeah. We understand that. We feel that. Um, the loss of a family member uh, is tragic. Or even yeah. a dear friend that you remember yeah. around the holidays, you know. I lost a, a, a very dear friend in recovery uh, shortly after Thanksgiving. Mm. And it was yeah. always, you know, Thanksgiving would have that, that reminiscing time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, 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 the method of coping that I have found most effective for me, at least, is to not try to chase the feeling away, mm-hmm. but embrace it for the moment. Yeah. If you need to shed a tear or two, go ahead and do that. 
but don't wallow in it. Right. Don't don't be like um, you know an elephant rolling around in the mud. You know, don't don't let that eat you up alive because that's not healthy either. Right. And right. then what happens is we get into our other addictions, whether mm. it be food or alcohol or other people or whatever yep. it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes. Um, what. Uh, what advice would you have uh, for for folks uh, during this holiday season, Jillian? Yeah, I'm going to go back to, for me, it's keep it simple. Just keep it simple because, it, you know, and it's very counterculture to, because we live in such a capitalistic society, right, where it's all about consume and buy and, you know, and for me, my, my gift every year is time with the people I love. So if I can have a day with my dad and both of my kids and maybe like my bonus kids, my, my daughter's engaged, my... Sana has a girlfriend, you know, and my niece, like that's, that's always the best day ever for me. And if there's some gifts involved, great. But I, I've made a very intentional effort for 15 ish longer years, even just to keep it simple. It's not about the stuff. It's about the time with the people that I love. And again, you know, this year I might do a handful of holiday cards because I, because I feel like doing it because I want to do it, not because I have to do it. Right. And I understand that it's not as easy for somebody who has a family with young children and obligations with in-laws and all these things. Like my, my experience is very different from others' experience. I have grown children. I'm single. So my life is by default simpler than other people's lives. But where possible, where you can simplify and not do things out of obligation, I really hope that that can help lower your stress and make room for more joy and peace in your life. As a child uh, growing up my youngest years that I can remember um, when my when my parents were together and after they split up okay uh-huh. the things that I remember the most mm-hmm. and cherish the most about the time with mom or dad or both uh-huh. uh, and even my stepmom being in the mix at the time you know uh, growing up because I was young when I met her um, I don't remember the gifts as much as I remember the time spent. Yeah. The fun part was not mm-hmm. what was in the box. It was that I had a box that I could open in front of them and show my joy. Yeah. So really, uh, you hit the nail on the head. It's about the people in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't care about things anymore. I care about quality time with the people I care about. Amen. Um, when, when, I, hopefully a long time from now, mm-hmm. I'll be on my deathbed a long time from now yeah. and I'll be thinking about all the relationships I had and the people's lives that I got to touch. Mm-hmm. And that will matter to me far more than anything yes. that was ever wrapped in paper. Yes. So cherish the people around you. Mm-hmm. Enjoy whether, and if you're alone, Please don't isolate. I encourage you a suggestion yeah. as we have a program of suggestions, you yep. know, suggest that you get out somewhere. Even if you have to go do volunteer work to be with strangers, mm-hmm. just get out amongst people and, and just exchange that energy. Sitting alone doesn't work. I did it yeah. for too long. Yeah. And it drove yeah. me uh, to almost the grave. Mm. You know, don't sit alone. Yeah. Don't do that. Yeah. Um, very bad. <laughs> bad yeah. idea. 
So, uh, happy anniversary, Jillian. Happy our, anniversary, our one Dominic. Year, one year anniversary. What a great gift. We've been able to do this podcast for one year. Mm-hmm. And our commitment to our audience is we will move forward uh, bringing you um, hopefully interesting and uh, provocative topics in recovery. We'd encourage you to suggest topics, too. Is there Please. anything you'd like us to talk about or mm-hmm. research? We do some research before we go on the air. Please send an email. I created an email address, podcast at vivacityventures.com, podcast at vivacityventures.com. Or you just get on the website, get a hold of uh, me, and uh, shoot us a topic. Let us know what you think. Um, you know, we have a website there for a reason, and, and uh want you to, you know, tell us what you'd like to hear. Um, yes. So uh, thanks, Jillian, for sticking with it for uh, this year, and yeah. here's to the to the next year. Yes, and listeners, I'm wishing you a low stress, high joy, very peaceful holiday season. I wish you listeners the same. I wish you all the best. May uh, may this holiday season be a holiday season that brings you uh, true um, happiness, joyousness, and freeness. Mm-hmm. Take care. Be well, everyone.